Welcome to the Gospel Saves Podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. Please visit thegospelsaves.me. Welcome back to our study of the resurrection of Jesus. In previous episodes, we have explored the evidence in favor of Jesus rising from the grave. Jesus of Nazareth was crucified, and those closest to him were changed from cowards and skeptics into believers. Even an early enemy, Paul, was persuaded Jesus rose from the dead. Surprisingly, there is one piece of evidence a large number of scholars of all ideological stripes accept as a fact, that the tomb of Jesus was found empty not long after he was buried. Over the course of the past few weeks, we've looked at some of the pieces of evidence the New Testament presents that attest to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We've narrowed our focus down to four facts. Fact number one, that Jesus died by crucifixion. We see this presented not just in the New Testament, but also in outside historical sources. We've looked at the transformation of the the 12 apostles, how they went from being cowards on the night of Jesus' betrayal to champions after his ascension. What explanation best fits that transformation? Well, it must be that these men were fully persuaded that they had witnessed Jesus risen from the dead. Fact number three that we've looked at is uh, the conversion of the skeptic James. James, the brother of Jesus, was skeptical of Jesus' claims, and like his other brothers, rejected him during his earthly ministry. But after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus, we see James and his other family members numbered among the early disciples, and then we see James rising to a position of prominence in the early church. Now, what can account for that transformation? Well, Paul tells us why, because Jesus appeared to James following his resurrection. On our last couple of programs, we've been talking about how Paul was converted. Paul, who was a persecutor of the church, who tells us that he set out to destroy the church, but one day Jesus appears to him and all of a sudden Paul is willing to give up the life of power and prestige and influence in order to preach this gospel of Jesus to the point of suffering and ultimately death. All of these facts, these four facts, are convincing pieces of evidence that Jesus' grave is empty. And that's the final fact that I'd like to talk about this morning, the empty tomb. Now this is, of the five facts, the most controversial, but an incredible case is made by the New Testament authors that the tomb of Jesus was in fact empty. Between the years of 1975 and 2003, a New Testament scholar by the name of Gary Habermas surveyed some 1,400 scholarly articles on the resurrection of Jesus. Now, these were from scholars of every ideological stripe. He looked at articles concerning the resurrection from ultra-liberal scholars, and he looked at articles from ultra-conservative scholars. And from those 1,400 scholarly essays on the resurrection of Jesus, 
he was able to determine that there were 12 facts upon which almost all of those scholars agreed. Fact number five is that Jesus' tomb was found empty very soon after his internment. What's very interesting about this is that nearly 75% of the scholars that Habermas surveyed agreed that this was a fact. Now that's quite fascinating. Now it's not unanimous, it's not 98, 99, or 100% agreement, but 75% out of 1,400 scholarly works, 75% is, is quite a large number. And it was even held to be a fact by very liberal scholars who doubt whether or not the, the Bible is actually inspired and who are very skeptical concerning the historicity of the New Testament. So the empty tomb is widely regarded to be a fact. Let's take a look for a few minutes then at, at what the New Testament has to say about this. We know that Jesus was buried, and he was buried very quickly following his death. In John chapter 19, verses 41 and 42, we're told that uh, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus uh, laid Jesus in a garden tomb where no one had been laid before. And they were not alone. Even though Joseph and Nicodemus carried out this work, they had people who were watching. In Matthew chapter 27, verses 59 through 61, Matthew tells us that as Joseph laid that body in the new tomb, that Mary Magdalene was there and the other Mary watching. They were sitting opposite the tomb and observing where the body of Jesus was laid. This is an incredibly important part of the testimony regarding the empty tomb. The fact that the two Marys were there observing where Jesus was laid and watching all these preparations take place is going to be an important piece in the narrative. Now in the meantime, Matthew tells us in chapter 27 verses 62 through 66 that the Pharisees and scribes, the Sanhedrin, were anticipating some, some foul play on the part of the disciples. Matthew says, On the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember, while he was still alive, how that deceiver said, After three days I will rise. Therefore command that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the, to the people, He is risen from the dead. So the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard, go your way. Make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. Once again, this is a very important part of the narrative. The chief priests and scribes were anticipating some foul play on the part of the disciples. They knew it was a possibility that the disciples would come and steal the body and claim that Jesus had risen from the dead. So they go to Pilate and say, we need to set a guard. And Pilate says, you've got your own troops, set your own guard, and make sure the tomb stays secure. So there would be Roman guards posted there at the tomb in the days following the crucifixion and burial of Jesus, another important part of the narrative. On several different occasions over the last few weeks, we've talked about how we have independent, multiple eyewitnesses to 
the resurrection of Jesus and how this is an important part of the the evidence concerning Jesus' resurrection. It's interesting where we find agreement among the four gospel accounts. You know, the four gospel accounts vary on on what they contain for, for a lot of different reasons that I don't really want to get into this morning. But there are some things upon which they, they all agree, and they're all consistent. For instance, they all four record the feeding of the 5,000 by Jesus. That's unusual. I think that may be the only miracle that all four gospel accounts actually record. All four gospel accounts record the betrayal, the crucifixion of Jesus, and his resurrection. Once again, a very important fact. And as a part of this, all four gospel accounts agree that women were the first to witness the resurrected Jesus. Matthew in chapter 28, verse number 1, tells us that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, the two women who had seen where Joseph of Arimathea had laid Jesus, they came to the tomb in the early morning. In Mark chapter 16, verse 1, Mark says, Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. In Luke chapter 24, verse 1, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they, the women from Galilee, and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. And in John chapter 20, verse 1, John says, Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Now there's some variation in between these four accounts as to who was present, but they're all consistent that the first people to witness the empty tomb were women. And in fact, we see that Mary Magdalene, Mary, and Mary were the first three people to see, to hear, to touch Jesus, and to witness the empty tomb. The fact that women were the first ones to find the tomb of Jesus empty is incredibly intriguing. And the thing that makes it so intriguing is the view of women held by Jewish and Roman men. Now, I'm by no means a chauvinist. I love women. I have a very intelligent and wonderful wife, and I respect her very deeply. But in first century Judaism and in the first century Greek and Roman world, women were viewed very differently. Women were viewed with a very skeptical eye. In fact, they were not respected. In Greek and Roman culture, women were not believed to be very good witnesses in a trial. In fact, they were not considered to be credible at all. Laws were enacted by Caesar Augustus that prevented women from attending public events. So here are these gospel narratives presenting women as the first and primary witnesses that the tomb of Jesus lay empty. Now I want you to think about something for a moment. If you were the early disciples of Jesus and you were trying to make up a story that would convince Jewish and Greek and Roman audiences 
that Jesus had in fact risen from the dead, would you use women who were thought of in such disparaging ways, who were not considered to be trustworthy witnesses in a court trial, would you use them as your primary witnesses? By no means, you would not choose to do so. No one in their right mind would do this. This is an incredibly embarrassing piece of evidence for the disciples, that it was women who first found the tomb empty. Not only does this help us establish the the authenticity of this historical account, but it is also one of the most powerful and persuasive pieces of evidence concerning Jesus' resurrection. That it was not Peter or James or John, those three men who were closest to him during his ministry, that found this tomb empty. It was a bunch of women. A bunch of women who couldn't have been witnesses in a trial. It was them who found the tomb empty and went to report these matters to others. That, to me, is an incredibly persuasive piece of evidence. Persuasive enough to convince me that the tomb of Jesus was empty three days after he died and remains empty to this day. Thanks for listening to The Gospel Saves. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find him on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know and do His perfect will.